Welcome to the Given Road Podcast. My name is Jeff. I'm the pastor at Given Road. And today we're continuing our series on Forgotten God by Francis Chan. We're looking at chapter 6, Forget About His Will for Your Life, and talking about how God uh, doesn't really care what you do with your life. Um, that sounds weird, and I get into that in the sermon, so you're going to want to stick around and listen to that. Um, before we get right into it, I do want to remind you that uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or on Google Play or on SoundCloud, and uh, we can just be delivering you new episodes each week uh, to help you stay discipled throughout the week. Um, if you missed a sermon, you can catch it here, uh, or you can um, check out some of our other episodes, like the Shane Claiborne one we posted last week. Uh, we're going to have some more of those uh, types of podcasts and just general discussions with people in the church about relevant issues, relevant topics. But do find us on iTunes and SoundCloud and Google Play and leave us a little review. Tell us what you like about the podcast, uh, what we could improve about the podcast. You know, we're open to um, suggestion. Uh, I think this is going to be a very fruitful project for us. Uh, and by listening to it, I think it's a very fruitful project for you. And I think that we can uh, actually accomplish something for the kingdom here doing this. So uh, if you review us, it'll be more likely that we are seen by other people uh, because iTunes favors those podcasts that are regularly rated and reviewed. So give us like a, you know, you know, just like a five star rating, you know, nothing big. Um, and uh, and then say that we're the best podcast ever and uh, we'll help get the gospel out there. So um, that's all we got to do. Um, anyway. Without further ado, here is my sermon on why you should forget about God's will for your life. Um, so I'm going to start out this morning by saying something, maybe that's going to sound controversial, that you're going to say, what? Uh, it's the <laughs> title of the chapter that... Uh, we would be, if you had been reading along with us, that you'd be reading would be, uh, forget about his will for your life. Uh, and so I'm going to say this, uh, God doesn't care what you do with your life. And that sounds weird and that sounds wrong. And it, it is in, in, in certain aspects, but God doesn't really care what you do with your life because he kind of, as long as you, you are, have a, a mindset of godliness, he knows that you're going to be okay. So, so long as you aren't like dealing drugs to school children and committing crimes that are not against unjust laws, uh, then, then God doesn't really care what specific thing you do with your life. If you're like debating like, well, what's God's will? Should I be a banker or should I be a lawyer? And God says, you should be a missionary. You should be wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, uh, you need to be um, seeking after me because God wants us to follow Jesus. God wants us to just follow in the footsteps of Jesus and, and the things that he said and the things that he did and the things that we know that uh, he, he's called us to and the things that um, are just designed to, to accentuate our, our experience of living, our experience of existing, that we can exist on these higher planes uh, of service to God. God wants you to follow Jesus because amazing things can happen when you follow Jesus. You need to be a witness wherever you are. It doesn't matter if you are... Um, I don't know, I should have thought of an example before. <laughs> but I mean, if you're at work, if you're at school, if you're at church, there's people at church who've never heard like the gospel before or have never understood the gospel before. It's our job to demonstrate what the gospel is through our actions, through our lives, and through our words. You need to be a witness wherever you are. 
uh, I, uh, I, I used to consider myself a retail missionary because I'd be like, everyone would know that I was the Christian guy. And it's not because I'd be like, oh, I'm Christian and so I'm better. It's not like they'd be going up for the smoke break and I'd be like, well, I'm better than you because I uh, don't smoke and I'm Christian and, and blah, da, da, da. Uh, it's not that, it wasn't that, it was that I was just trying to envelop the gospel with who I was, with everything that I had, with everything that I was. You get, you know, so I was a retail missionary. Uh, and I think you can be a retail missionary too. I think like it's it's when I went into ministry that I actually noticed that there was something diminished in my life because I didn't have a the same platform to share the gospel with people because everyone I was sharing the gospel with was already at the church. <laughs> so they already knew most of what I was talking about, most of what I was saying, most of what I was doing made sense to them. Uh, and so it was when I uh, got a job a few years ago at HMV just over Christmas holidays to, to like get some extra Christmas cash. Uh, I was like, yes, I can do this again. And everyone was like, oh, just that pastor guy who works in the stock room. And like, and so like they knew who I was and what I was doing. And I actually ran into someone who I knew from another church there. It was really, it was really cool. And so I was able to like share like just little bits. Like it's not like I'm like standing back there and like leading a sermon and everyone in the stock room is like waiting and listening to me. That would be cool. Uh, but that's not what it was doing. It was just, it was just these little bits of service and little bits of, of, uh, of helping people praying like while I was working or whatever I was doing, just trying to embody who Jesus was and what Jesus was about. And like having these conversations with people, not being afraid to have conversations with people about what I believe and, and, and what I was doing. Um, and I think, I think that's important because that's embodying the attitude of following Jesus. That's embodying the attitude of what God's will is for your life instead of wondering the specific little details um, I have a friend named Tim McCoy who says, where you are is why you're there. Uh, and I love that saying, and I have to give him credit for it, because uh, otherwise it's plagiarism. Um, but uh, he, he says, where you are is why you're there. Essentially, where you find yourself at any given time is where God wants you to be. Um, and I'm not saying, like, if you're, like, in an abusive relationship and someone's, like, beating on you or making you feel, like, small and, and, like, worthless and stuff like that, get out of that situation. You're not there to be that situation. Like, you can do more good by getting out of that situation. But if you find yourself at work, if you find yourself at school, if you find yourself um, on the street, like, you're there for a reason. We need to be listening to what God might be calling us to do. Uh, yesterday, we watched a video with Francis Chan where he talked about this time where he was at a coffee shop, um, and he felt God calling him to go up and just tell this biker guy that God loves him. And he was like really nervous to do it. We need to have like this, uh, this, and I mean like it didn't go the exact way he thought. He didn't have this profound moment or saying like what he was gonna, like he wasn't like God loves you and then like preach the gospel to him. He was just, it was just a simple thing. Uh, and, and who knows where that guy was on his journey and what that did for him and, and whether that made him feel comforted or made him feel weird. Sometimes we gotta feel weird before we can feel comforted and that's okay. Um, but. Uh, I, I think it's important to, to have that mindset that being willing to, to be the conduit for God when he wants to say something like that to somebody. I've had a few moments like that. And I had like this moment one time I was on the bus where I didn't do it. I chickened out and I was kind of like, oh, and like I just prayed the rest of the day. I was like, oh, like send somebody else who can do it. Like, and help, and like help me get the like bravery and courage to like actually tell people about this. And I, I think I have over the years, I had this experience recently, uh, I mean, not recently, it was like four years ago, but uh, I was at Walmart and uh, I saw uh, a Mormon there and I just I felt like God was telling me to go up to him. You can tell Mormons because they're dressed in like the white white shirt and black pants and then I have like 
a name tag that says elder so-and-so. And so I went up to him and I was just like, hey, this might be weird, but I just felt like God wanted you to know that he hears you. And he was like, well, what do you mean he hears me? And I was like, I don't know. I just felt like God was telling me to come up to you and tell you that he hears you specifically. And he was like, well, yeah, he, he, he hears everyone, doesn't he? I'm like, well, yeah, but I mean, like, he wants you to know that he hears you. And then we had this sort of awkward conversation where we were both not sure what to do, but I think, uh, and, and maybe that was just a weird experience for him. It was definitely a weird experience for me. I had my kids with me, and I was like, they were like three at the time, and I'm just like not sure what to do and how to finish this conversation and how to get on. But I, I just felt that prompting from the Holy Spirit, and I, I maybe I blessed the guy, maybe I didn't. Uh, maybe uh, it was something he needed to hear. Maybe it was just uh, me saying stuff. But I felt like God prompting me to do it, and so I, I wanted to do it um, because where we are is why we're there. I was at that Walmart for a reason at that time. I was at this like place. Uh, where I was in the ability to go and speak encouragement into somebody because Mormon like if you see them on the world in their Mormon uniform They're doing missions. They're there because that's like that's like a rite of passage for Mormons Because they have to go out and, and do missionary work and share their gospel um, which is very different from our gospel, but um, Very different from the gospel, I guess <laughs> Uh, but it, it's uh, it, it's is where you are is why you're there. Be open to that prompting of the Holy Spirit because some cool things happen. Because like sometimes I've also had experiences actually again with Mormons, and this was when I was uh, so when I was like earlier when I was like people were going up for their smoke break and I wasn't being like oh I'm better than you because I don't smoke. It's because I did smoke, but uh, I was a smoker for about five years. And uh, my friends and I were hanging out in this parking lot in the middle of the night. Uh, smoking and these Mormons came up to witness to us and we ended up witnessing to them and praying for them and like and it was like it was this really great time and they left they're like thank you so much for like for like talking with us and sharing with it what you believe and praying for us and that's just so awesome and so it's like when we're open to the prompting of the Holy Spirit God can do some really cool moments uh, and and uh, we just have to be sort of like open to it you don't need the Holy Spirit if you aren't gonna follow Jesus um, and we've been talking about the Holy Spirit the last six weeks uh, and going through this series and talking about how to get the Holy Spirit and why we need to invite him and what he's going to do in your life and, and what he uh, wants for you and stuff like that. But if you aren't going to follow Jesus, if you aren't going to actually strive to embody uh, what Jesus says, then then you don't need the Holy Spirit. And if you if you have the Holy Spirit and that's not your plan, it will actually be a hindrance for you because he's going to put all these opportunities in your life to step up and to uh, witness to the gospel uh, and to, to be this witness in the world where you are is why you're there. He's going to put all these things in your path and, and it's going to be a hindrance to you because you're not going to want that. You're going to reject that. And, and when you reject that, having like invited the Holy Spirit into your life, that's a bad scene. So you don't want to do that. If you aren't going to follow Jesus, you don't need the Holy Spirit. And what I'm saying is not that you don't need the Holy Spirit, but more that you need to follow Jesus uh, is, is, the, is what I want you to take out of that sentence is that we need to be embodying who Jesus is and what he did and how he did it and, and the fact that he promised us that we could uh, do the same things as him and even greater things. He says, you will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. I'm sending you the Holy Spirit so you'll be able to do greater things than these. And it's kind of like, well, Jesus, you raised the dead. So um, are we going to do greater things than that? And uh well, I have never personally praised the dead. I have seen some miraculous things, not necessarily in how people physically do something, 
But I have seen that, and that's amazing, and that's great. And Sarah and I had a, a miraculous experience where she experienced miraculous, miraculous healing from a peripheral neuropathy nerve condition that she was supposed to have forever, and now she doesn't have it. And hey, yay God. Uh, but uh, like we, we, I've seen so many times people who are able to forgive somebody who they would have like no reason to forgive or, or have pity or empathy on somebody who, who d doesn't deserve their empathy or their pity. Right? It's like, and, and these miraculous things in the human spirit, I really think that that's what Jesus is talking about uh, here. And, and the physical stuff. Like, yeah, let's try and raise the dead. I mean, <laughs> it's not so, like, I don't want you to go home and get like a Necronomicon and start chanting. But like, like I don't know. I, I have heard of one case, uh, a, a friend of mine who, who claims that there was a bodily resurrection uh, in their church. And I was like, that's crazy. Uh, I don't know. I, I like. I don't know the full details about it, um, or or like how long the person was dead, or what the circumstances were, but they claim to have had that in their thing. And I do believe that God gives us these powers, these abilities in the modern day. I just think that we have created for ourselves a society where it's not necessary. Like we don't need to raise the dead because we have shock piles. Right? Like clear. Like we. <laughs> We don't need to rely on God so much because we've created for ourselves a society where we don't need to, and it's made us comfortable, and I think it's made us apathetic, and I think that's a problem. Uh, I think we need to get back to relying on God more, but I think uh, it, like it's, it, it is something that he does for us, and we do have these abilities to do even greater things than what Jesus showed us in the Gospels. The Holy Spirit empowers you to do the supernatural. So like I was talking about, it's, it's not like we, have, we should have this supernatural ability to, to have peace about things. We should have supernatural ability to forgive people. We should own the monopoly on love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I can't believe I got all of them. Amazing. Uh, I always stumble on that. But we should own the monopoly on that. There are Buddhists who are out-peacing us. There are atheists who are out-joying us. There are Hindus who are out-loving us. And, and we should own the monopoly on that stuff because we have the source of all love, Jesus Christ. We have the source of all love, who is God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. So we should, like, we should have a ton of peace. And we don't. And I don't. And I should. And I, I should have more love for people. But I have short temper and I have uh, no patience. And so when people are frustrating me, I like start like shutting down. Uh, so I, I need to I need to like focus on those fruits of the spirit and ask the Holy Spirit inside of me to give me this supernatural ability to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I did it again. It's not a weekend type thing. This isn't something you can commit to on Sundays and holidays and expect to experience transformation. Like this isn't something that you can just pop in occasionally and do. This is something that you need to be actively striving for, actively doing in your life, actively um, preaching this gospel, actively striving for these supernatural abilities, actu actively uh, seeking out to follow Jesus in every day. And, and how you do, and how you go to the grocery store, and how you go to the bank, and how you interact with your friends who aren't Christians, and how you interact with people. I was hanging out with friends the other day, and uh, I was, uh, I, I relate, we were talking about Donald Trump, and I related something back to the Bible. I'm like, sorry, I, I relate everything back to the Bible. And, uh, and the guy, my, one of my friends was like, yeah, I hadn't noticed, because, <laughs> you know, and so, like, 
fed up with me just talking about the Bible all the time. I'm like, that's what I'm passionate about, man. It's what I like. I, I, I'm at this stage in my life where I like love Jesus and uh, don't care that you don't want to hear about it. No, I like. I don't want to like shove it down people's throats. I think we need to be gentle. We need to always have. Um, the, in First Peter it says, always have a reason, or always uh, have a testimony, essentially. Always have a testimony about what God is doing in your life. Um, blanking on the actual verbiage of the, of the verse. But always have a testimony to give to people for the reason, for the hope that you have. But do it with gentleness and respect. So we have to, like, I don't want to be like, like, don't, like, not like hitting people over the head, uh, like doing stuff. But like, like, actually, like, sharing what God is doing in your life right now. Like, it doesn't always need to be this, like, oh, well, you know, I was, uh, uh, I was addicted to drugs and, and, uh, and everything like that, and then I, I, I got saved. And, and it doesn't always have to be this, like, really dramatic testimony. If you have that testimony, that's great. I'm sorry that you went through those things, like the drug addiction and whatever else. Uh, but, like, it, 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 it's, it doesn't always have to be that. Sometimes it's just what God is doing in your life, like, right now. And so it can be like, you know what? God really helped me out this week. I was like freaking out. I couldn't find my keys. My kids were screaming. I was doing whatever. And, and, and God just gave me this supernatural sense of peace. And I was able to like get through everything and, and, and hooray for like, and like do the day and uh, do the things that I need to do, get, get her done kind of thing. Uh, or, or like God, is, God uh, has shown me this thing about myself uh, that I need to improve and has given me the ability to, to strive for that. We need to have a testimony for what God's doing right now in your life. Like, so like, think about it. What's God doing right now in your life that you could share with somebody uh, and, and then be willing to, to do that on days that aren't Sunday? Like, I, my, my sincerest hope for you guys is that you can find something that keeps you going spiritually from Monday to Saturday. Um, like, I, I think Sundays are important. I think this fellowship that we do when we come together and we talk with each other and we uh, love one another and whatever else we're doing here, I think this is really important. Uh, I think it's more important that you find something that keeps you going throughout the week. So, like, we're going to try and keep doing stuff. We actually just started uh, Given Road podcast uh, where I put the sermons online, and then we're going to have, like, interviews with people. We did there's an interview with Shane Claiborne up there right now that you guys can take a listen to if you want. So if you go on Apple or Google Play and you search Given Road podcast, uh, it'll come up, and you can subscribe to it and leave us a review and whatever else. Like, because then, hmm? Spotify, not yet, because you need a specific hosting service to get on Spotify. So, but uh, we're, we're working on it. Um, we're checking it out. Um, anyway, uh, so it's like, it, and, and it's that kind of thing, like where we can produce content for you guys to consume throughout the week that can keep you going, that can keep you like spiritually jived up, and like not that every moment has to be like this is the greatest moment of my life. God is so amazing. Like there's peaks and valleys, right? It's like like you're gonna have days where you're like, I'm not feeling it so much today, but we have to still realize that in those moments, in those days, that God is mercy, that God is grace, that God is love, that God is still with us, that he's still good, even though we're having an off day. Um, I've been having a series of off days this week, and it's been one of those things where I'm just like, but God is still good. Like, God is still sovereign. He's, he knows what I'm going through. He knows where this is ending. He knows how to get me through it, and he's going to do that. And so, like, we got to trust God that he can do that. It's not a weekend type of thing. The red letters matter. Um, I think, like, so when I say that, it's like if you open a Bible, most Bibles have what Jesus says all in red, so that it's easy to like find and be like, oh, he said this about this. And but like, what Jesus says actually matters. When my wife and I were first married, 
we were doing a couple's Bible study where we would uh, we were just reading through the Bible in a year, and it's taking us. It takes you like through Matthew first, and then Genesis at the same time, and the Psalms and the Proverbs at the same time, kind of thing. And, uh, and and so you read like a chapter from each, essentially each day. And we were going through Matthew, and we got like a few weeks into it, and we're like, you know what? Our lives do not reflect what these red letters say. Like we go to church every week. I'm on the worship band. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. But like my my life does not look like this surrender to God that Jesus is talking about. It doesn't look like this holy, uh, like given over, like there's aspects of my life that I'm holding on to that I'm like, no, this is for me. This is mine. This is me. And like, it wasn't until I like gave those things up that God actually was able to pour back into my life and, and fulfill me in those areas because it was like, I was trying to like do all this stuff. Like I was trying to, um, start own my own business and it was a promotion company for music around Toronto. And, uh, we were like promoting bands. I wanted to do that kind of work. And then uh, I was trying to do session work because I'm a musician. I wanted to go on tour with my band and I wanted to do all this stuff and none of it was working. And then finally, when we were like, these, the, our lives do not reflect the red letters that Jesus is talking about, we decided to go back to school to Tyndale and immediately we got accepted onto this worship band to go to Japan where we're touring around and we're doing session work and we're promoting concerts and we're doing everything that I was trying to do under my own thing. God knew that that was the stuff which would fill me. And he's like, and I have a job for you in the kingdom. So it's like when we finally like surrender everything to God and give up what we're holding on to, that's when God can be like, yeah, I know, like, I know your spirit. I know who you are. I created you. Uh, like you, you, you have nothing that surprises me. I know you want to do this stuff. And so here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to let you do this stuff. But like, you have to do it on his terms. Because when we just fight and fight and fight and do it on our own terms, it doesn't work out. Um, none of that stuff worked out. I mean, I didn't lose money on my business or anything. We kind of broke even by the end of it. Uh, but the recession hit and all of our all-ages venues shut down and we couldn't do concerts anymore. So we're like, well, I guess we're going to cut our losses. And well, there weren't losses because we broke even. But go back to school. So that was that. Was that. Uh, the red letters matter. They're transformative. They, they have the power to like take your life and flip it on its head. Because God's kingdom is this like weird, crazy, upside down kingdom where we live and we're the first or last and last or first and we do all this stuff. Uh, uh, the red letters are what gets us there. What Jesus actually says about stuff, what he's, what he's challenging us to do. Because he's challenging people in a lot of ways. Um, he, he was the crazy guy with long hair and a beard who was talking nuts to the people in the religious institutions. And, uh, and now he like, and now that's what religion is. <laughs> Or that's what Christianity is. Uh, and, and that's like, so he, he transforms us. He transforms ideals. He transforms philosophies. He transforms everything. So why does it matter? Uh, it matters because you are supposed to be Christ in the world. And you can't be Christ in the world if you haven't been transformed by the red letters. If you haven't accepted the Holy Spirit inside of you. Jesus said it's better that he goes so that he can send the Holy Spirit. Because God in us is better than God with us. And God in us turns us into the temple, turns us into Jesus to the world. You are supposed to be Jesus to the world. So when people look at you, they shouldn't see George or Daniela or Danny. They should see Jesus and Jesus and Jesus. And so our goal is not actually to like, like I'm an attention hog, so I always want more attention. But like our goal, my goal should not be to get more attention on me. My goal should be to get more attention on Jesus. So I want to do things in a way that diminishes my role uh, my, my center of attention and just like deflects everything 
back up to God because that's that's what we're we're aiming for. We're we're to be Christ in the world. When people look at us, they shouldn't say like, "Oh wow, like Jeff's is such a good person and he's handsome and it's funny." Um, but like, they shouldn't say that about me. I mean, you can. I'm not going to stop you. Uh, but they should be like, "Wow, look at the work that God is doing through Jeff. Look at the work that God is doing through George, through Danielle, through Danny." I could name everybody in the room, but it's going to take too long. Um, it matters because we're supposed to be Christ to the world. It matters because the gospel has real-world consequences. It's not something that exists in a vacuum or a bubble. It's not something that is, like, static. It's something that is, like, fluid and, and has real-world consequences to a lot of people. Like, if we're talking about the fate of your soul, um, and, like, and I don't want to get into a huge sermon on heaven and hell right now, but like if, we're, if we are acknowledging the existence of hell, and we're acknowledging that Jesus is the only way to avoid hell under the Christian belief, then it has real world consequences to people. It'd be like if a bus was coming to head magic, and then I was like, you know what? Uh, I don't want to bug Magic right now. He, uh, he's got his own beliefs about the bus, and that's fine. Uh, and then like comes and hits him and that's not that that didn't help him right and so whereas uh, I might want to be like Meshed, there's a bus coming you should move out of the way like I don't want to be like 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 Meshed, you're gonna get hit by the bus if you don't move I don't know maybe I do but like what I'm trying to say is like you don't want to be rough about it you want to be gentle you should do it with gentleness and respect but you should warn people about the bus that's coming because the gospel is real-world consequences works have to come out of faith or faith means nothing. Now, I'm not saying that like we are saved through our works. That's the opposite of what I'm saying. We're saved through faith. We're saved. We're justified through our faith in Jesus Christ. If you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you're saved. So that's what that's what saves you is is your faith, your belief in God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit uh, and, and the redemptive work of the cross. Um, that that's what saves us from our sins. Like we're all hell bound and we hear this good news and we turn around and that's what like lets us grab onto the life rope kind of thing. Um, but, but works have to come out of that faith. If you are like, yes, I'm saved and now I'm going to keep having sex with my girlfriend and doing all these drugs. And I don't know, I make like, I'm making a caricature of a person up here, but like, like if we're like, if, if we don't start serving people after we've been saved, What's even the point of it? Like, if we're not serving people after we've been saved, if we're not, like, helping them, and, and I'm not just talking about spreading the gospel, I'm talking about, like, providing for their physical needs, because no one's going to care what you have to say if you're not providing for their physical needs. If you go to a third world country, and there's starving people, and you're like, hey, Jesus saves, and I'm like, great, does he give out hamburgers? Because I could use one of those. Like, it's like, it's, it, we need to be, like providing for people and serving them and taking care of their needs and, and also telling them about that we're doing this because of Jesus. We're doing this because of the cross, because of everything else that we have going on. So, um, yeah, so we, 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 the works have to come out of our faith or, or it means nothing. If you aren't following Jesus, you're following yourself, is my next point. Um, you're following someone. You're following the world, we're following everyone on Twitter. You're fault like you're you're getting input from people all over the place. Um, if we're not following God actively, we're following ourselves or we're following someone else. 
and I don't know where I'm going, so I don't want to follow myself because I'm just going to get lost. I was thinking about this on the way over here this morning. I was listening to a podcast, and they were interviewing a geographer, and I'm like, I don't know where anything is on a map. I'm like, I have no idea what's up and down and left or right. Uh, Mississauga, the city that we're in, uh, totally confuses <laughs> me because Toronto's a grid system, and Mississauga's like a bowl of spaghetti. Uh, like it just it doesn't make any sense to me, and so like to, to figure out where I'm going in the city, it takes me forever. Uh, if you aren't following someone, you're following yourself. When I follow God, it's like turning on my Siri GPS, right? It's like it's God is able to guide me and direct me and tell me when to turn and what to do, so long as I'm actually listening to Him. And so I have to tune out all the other things that I'm trying to listen to or that I'm um, hearing in the world, so that I can focus on that on that voice from the Father. So I want to ask the question, what kind of church do we want to be? Like, who are we? What is going on here? What kind of church do we want to be? Do we want to be this church that comes on Sunday and has really good music and um, amazing sermons every single week, I'm sure you would all say, uh, and uh, and like and that kind of thing? Or, or, or do we want to be a church where... Um, the spirit of God is here and moving and challenges us. And like, like, I think it would be great if we stopped talking right now and went out and like helped some homeless people or something like that. Like, let's do that. No, like we'll do it later. <laughs> like there's a problem with that. That's our mentality, right? Uh, I think it would be great if, if we could do that. And we've been doing that on Saturday nights. That's been our, our sort of MO Saturday nights is like to take the Bible study outside of this building. We've been giving out cookies and inviting people to church and helping people out and doing Bible study in the park. Everyone's got mosquito bites today because if you were here last night, we went to the park after dark and, uh, and we all got mosquito bitten. Uh, I didn't actually. I, I am like, I'm like bitter to them. They, they bite me and they're like, ooh, Jeff. It's all the cookie dough I eat. <laughs> but what kind of church do we want to be? And so we have uh, this, this passage of scripture that I want to read for you. Um, it's 1 Corinthians 4, 7-11. We looked at it briefly last night if you were here. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are pressed on every side but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We're struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Christ so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. It comes down to serving Jesus. It comes down to being Jesus to the world. We are these treasures in jars of clay. I was explaining last night uh, that jars, like, you would put, like, really important documents in a jar because it was a scroll, and it would fit nicely, and, and then you'd know that it wouldn't get broken. That's where the Dead Sea Scrolls were in, in the caves uh, when they found them, is that they were in these jars of clay. So we are jars of clay. So my question to you is, what treasure are you hiding? Because we were formed in a specific way, to interact with each other uh, to, to, for a specific purpose. Like, it's not a mistake that you're here right now. Like, you are part of this body of Christ, and you are part of this church, and you, are, you have a role to play in the church. And when we aren't embracing that role, when we aren't 
doing like like trying to figure out where we fit and, and how we, we need to act and how we need to act together, we're missing out on our purpose. And that's, that's so important because I think that the biggest problem in the church today is we've got a lot of Christians going around and being like, I have no purpose. Like, what am I doing with myself? What am I doing with my life? And then you start questioning everything. Not that it's bad to question things. Like, like I think the Bible's truth. So if you question it, you're going to find out that it becomes like that is true uh, and that it has truth inside of it. Uh, that God is truth and so when you start questioning God, I think he answers us and he gives us the answers But like when we start to just to doubt and, and Disbelieve because we don't have this sense of purpose because we don't have this this calling we need to serve God together you play an integral role uh, In in the body and it, like it comes down to like even like my baby toe has a purpose, right? Like if I'm, I'm sort of walking back and forth. I'm leaning on it. It's using itself to balance me and steady me like every single part of your body has a purpose not your appendix your appendix is garbage uh mine tried to kill me uh but uh but other than the appendix you you have a, a purpose in the church uh and in the body of christ it probably does have a purpose we just don't know about it it's like i i have this theory where it's the part of us that allows us to travel through space time and now i can't do that anymore but so why are you here? Like right now? Like what? What are you doing here? What am I doing here? I'm here to talk to you. I'm here to give you good advice. I'm here to share the scriptures with you. If you want transformation, you need to be willing to be transformed. Like you need to be transformed. You can't come here on Sundays and say you want transformation and then not be transformed. You can't come here and invite the Holy Spirit on Sundays and then not invite him the rest of the days of the week like we need to we need to be like if you want to see transformation in your life if you want to see these radical things and these amazing god moments and everything else you need to be willing to be transformed if you're not willing to be transformed the holy spirit's not going to transform you um because he wants you to submit to him and obey him and 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 that kind of thing through your own free will that's the whole problem with humans is that we have free will and we use it to do terrible things and so like if you want transformation the Holy Spirit wants to transform you. He's waiting right now to transform you. Um, but uh, it, it's, uh, it, it's the, the, the need is there for us to respond to that. If we're not willing to respond to it, then uh, we can't be transformed by the Holy Spirit. So um, how do you follow Jesus is the next question I'm going to ask you. Uh, and it comes back down to the red letters. It's like, who, who we are, who God is calling us to be, who he's transforming us to be, is, it comes down to how we understand those red letters. So when Jesus says stuff like, sell everything and, and give it to the poor and then come follow me, um, do you really need to go sell like absolutely everything? Probably not. Uh, if somebody needs something in the church and you have the ability to provide for it, uh, would it be better if you sold your Xbox and helped the person pay their mortgage? Yeah, it would be. Uh, we should do that. Um, but when we have things that stand in our way of following God, when we have things that stand in our way, like the rich young ruler, when Jesus said that, he says it to the rich young ruler in Mark, uh, and, and the rich young ruler goes away sad because he has too much stuff. He's like, he was very wealthy, and so he didn't want to give up everything that he had and sell it to the poor. We're like, Jesus was standing right in front of him, and he recognized that. Like, it was... It was not a moment where he was like, oh, do I follow this random guy? Like, this is a guy who's doing miracles, and he's like, teach me. Show me what, like, what do I have to do? And he's like, he's like, obey the commandments. And he's like, I do that. He's like, okay, so sell all this stuff and follow me. He recognized who Jesus was 
for a moment. And then when the true cost of following him came up, he was like, I, I can't. And he, he went away sad. And so I think too often we're like, Jesus, I want to be transformed. I want this to like radically change my life. And then Jesus says, okay, here's what you need to do. Give up this thing and follow me. And we're like, ooh. All right, I'm gonna check back with you in a few weeks. Like, it's like it, we have these opportunities to be transformed and we just don't take them, we don't uh, follow through with it. Here's five things you can do right now. Uh, read the Gospels, because the Gospels have those red letters that are the key to transformation, like I've been talking about. Pray, um, and don't just like pray like, like, dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for my mom and my dad and my brother and my sister and my dog. Like, it's like, like, be like, what do you want to say to me, God? Like, prayer is a two-way conversation. And so often we're like, like, did you just blah, 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 blah. And then, like, we're like, all right, done. Amen. Amen. I did it. I prayed, guys. Awesome. Sweet. And, like, it's important to bring your concerns and your requests to God. And he wants to hear those. And he knows what they are before you ask them. But he's like, he, he, he wants to say stuff back to you. Like, when I'm talking to my kids... Uh, I want to be able to say stuff back to them and sometimes they'll just be like going on and on and they'll be talking but like I like even like I was really into Pokemon when I was a kid and I still am on the Pokemon Go uh, but my kids are like into the show now and they're talking about all these Pokemon I don't know what they are and he's like and then he did this and then he did this and then he did this and I'm just literally like daddy can I tell you what my favorite Pokemon are I'm like sure and then he lists like all 400 of them and I'm like like just sitting there wanting to get like a word in edgewise and be like all right buddy that's great um you want and like I have things I want to do with him and like experiences I want to show, but they they just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, uh, and I love them and I love hearing them talk. But it's it's sometimes as a father you want to get a word in edgewise to like progress the conversation and and experience transformation. And when we uh, when we don't do that, when we pray only um, outwardly and not allow God to speak inwardly to us, then we miss that. Uh, repent. Um, this is a huge one. Now I talk about it a lot. I think uh, if you are repenting from something, repent means to turn around. Uh, so if you're like walking in this direction and sin's over here and I'm engaging in it uh, and God wants me to repent, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to turn back around. And he, oh, there's God. Hey, how's it going? Uh, and sometimes I do an overcorrection where I'm like, okay, here's sin and I'm going to keep turning and turning and turning. Awesome. Uh, and I find myself in the sin again. Um, and, and it, but it just, it's a matter of continuing to turn and walking in the other direction. Uh, we need to repent. We need to tell God. I mean, he knows the bad stuff that you did. He knows the stuff that you don't know you did. Um, but he wants you to own it. He wants you to be like, yeah, I messed this up and I need help in this area and, and please help me. And you can do that through prayer as well. Um, you need to invite the Holy Spirit. I said this last week, uh, you need to invite the Holy Spirit into what you're doing. Like, I shouldn't get up on stage and start preaching before I invite the Holy Spirit into, like, to help me, because I could say an, any number of foolish things. I probably have. <laughs> I, I mean, I did pray beforehand and I invited the Holy Spirit. Um, but, uh, like, it's, it, we need to be inviting the Holy Spirit into everything that we do. Like, if we're cooking, be like, hey, God, like, I invite you now. Come hang out with me. Like, Hey God, I'm going for a bike ride. Uh, come hang out with me. Hey God, I'm doing my taxes. Come hang out with me. Uh, like God wants to be involved in, in everything that we do. So when we invite the Holy Spirit, he shows up and he begins to uh, engage in that transformation. And the last thing 
the, of the five things you can do right now is be open to radical change. Because probably, um, if I was super honest and asked myself uh, what God wants for my life, he'd probably be like, I want you to cut out all these bad habits. Um, and I want you to be open to me giving you the supernatural ability, like we've been talking about, the supernatural ability to quit all these bad habits. Um, to, yeah, just to, what, like, all of these little gray fuzzy areas in your life, get rid of them. And it's not something that you can, it's not like, it's like trying to live uh, ethically. I think when you're like, you want fair trade coffee and you want fair trade chocolate and you want like whatever, like you want to make sure that the things you're consuming, you don't want to buy sneakers that were built by children in a third world country, right? You want to like buy things ethically and do things ethically. And it's hard to do it all at once um, because when you're like, when you're confronted with the sheer mass of things that are bad for the world and that you're consuming, you're like, then I can't buy anything anymore because everything's made by somebody who's doing something bad. Like uh, Nestle chocolate is evil. Um, Coca-Cola is evil. Nike, I don't know. I don't know if they might have changed their stance on slave labor and children in third world countries, but I'm pretty sure they're still evil. Like it's like, there's like so much that we consume that is evil uh, and so there's so much that we consume uh, or that we do that w when we need to be radically changed, like take them off one by one. Like don't be like, okay, I'm gonna stop doing X, Y, Z, Q, L, M, N, O, P, like, like whatever it is, like take them off one by one, but be open to that radical change. God wants to transform you in those areas. Again, why does it matter? Because you deserve to know God. You have a right to know God and to uh, interact with him and to be known by your creator and to have him know your name and everything else, uh, you deserve to know God. Uh, and so we should be striving to do these things because it, like, it's, some, it's good for you. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's, just, it's something that we need to be engaging in because it's, you deserve it. it like, go you. Like, you deserve to know your creator and he deserves to know you. Um, there's a story, uh, Rob Bell, uh, I'm a big fan of the series he did called Numa, uh, and it was this video series, and he sort of explained why um, it was totally normal for the disciples to leave their fishing gear and follow Jesus right off the bat without actually like cleaning up, or like some, some of them abandoned their families and went to, to be with Jesus, and uh, explained why, and, and that's because the rabbi has this such high regard and this high uh, respectability in first century Palestine that when you um, would be asked by a rabbi to follow you, you'd want to do it. And they have this blessing that's, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Like, may you be following and learning and soaking up so much stuff that, like, the dust from his feet is, like, just getting kicked on you because, like, you're following so closely. And so that's my prayer for us, is may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. Jesus is our rabbi. Uh, he's Rabboni. He's, like, the top rabbi. Um, and, uh, and, and we should be following him so closely and we just get covered in his dust. And I just love that image. To discover how to serve God wherever you are is to discover your purpose. We've been talking about this. If you feel like you don't know where you belong in the church, if you feel like you don't know where you belong in your life, if you feel like you don't know what to do next year or tomorrow, or like... Figuring out how to serve God wherever you are and whatever you're doing, where you are is why you're there, is to discover your purpose. And so that's like, that's it. Like, God, 
we don't need to be asking like, well, God, should I become a banker or a lawyer or uh, like something else? Like we just need to be like, God, what do you want me to do right now for the people around me? What do you want me to do right now for to help the world? Uh, because God's will for your life is clear. Um, it's not a mystery. It's not like he's said like, uh, I want you to follow my will, and now you have to guess what it is, right? Like, he's not, he's not trying to trick you. He's trying to, to help you out. God's will for your life is clear. Follow Jesus. Serve the needy. Preach the gospel in all that you do. In everything that you do, preach the gospel. Um, and, uh, and again, that's through your words, and that's through your actions. That is through your life, uh, is to preach the gospel. So God's will for your life is clear. Let's make sure that we're doing it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day uh, and for everybody here, Lord. We just ask that you would speak to us, that you would uh, uh, 